0: Good morning, welcome to our, our Sunday morning service. I uh, would like to welcome everyone here this morning, uh, especially uh, if you are here for the first time and you've been invited this morning to come along. A big welcome to you uh, and an encouragement for you to be staying in touch with us and always feeling free to, to ask us any questions um, that you might that you might have. We're going to spend a moment to pray and, um, uh, and ask the Lord's blessing on the word this morning. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this this morning thank you for every opportunity that we have to come together and to hear your word and to pray and to seek your face you're a living god you're a true god who called us into your kingdom lord we just pray we continue to pray for this church from its beginnings lord we only wanted to glorify you and we still do lord we wanted we only wanted to proclaim your truth lord and we still do so i pray this morning that you would continue to use your word to speak into our lives lord we're just we come humbly, Lord, needing you. We just thank you for every person that is logged in this morning, logged on this morning. We pray your blessing be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, as I was thinking about God's word, um, I really just want to share with you some thoughts. Sometimes I'll take a passage of scripture and I'll we'll break, we'll break this uh, down the passage and look at verse by verse in that passage. Sometimes I just want to string a few scriptures together and share with you a few scriptures of, of something I, I'd like to um, uh, share with you. And this morning is one of those sort of mornings where uh, I just want, to, just want to share some scriptures with you. I just want to share some scriptures with you about something that I think people do, whether knowingly or, or unknowingly. Uh, and there's a real big quest in life to understand who we are as people and what our identity is as people. And people, whether they know it or not, want to understand a bit about who they are and, and, and um, the kind of person that they are. And often people want to know more about you as well, but there's some real uh, freedom and strength in understanding who we are in Christ or who, the, who our identity actually is in Christ. Think about when you meet someone for the first time and, you know, you speak and you sort of start up a conversation with them. There's typically some, some very common questions that people ask of you. you know, they'll generally ask you, you know, how hey, are you going, what's your name? Uh, and then, then generally the next question is something like, um, you know, what do you do for work? You know, because they're trying to connect you with something, they're trying to connect you with perhaps a little bit about your personality or a little bit about what you do in life, and they're trying to paint a picture of, of who you are. And so, this is the sort of thing that even as we're doing life all the time, we try and understand a little bit about ourselves. And, and when we come as become Christians, this all begins to, to, to change radically, it can, it can potentially change overnight to understand who we actually are in Christ. And The Bible's full, the Bible's full of examples of trying to express to us our identity in the Lord Jesus Christ, our identity as followers of God. And if we can just get a glimpse of that this morning, if you can walk away with a bit of a glimpse and a reassurance and an understanding, I believe this is going to encourage your faith and strengthen your faith to be able to go and live the way God is asking us to live because how, who we are and how we live must, must be the same. They must they must align with with each other and so there's just a few scriptures I'd like to share with you this morning um, and I pray I pray that it's an encouragement I pray it brings strength to your soul and hope hope as as the followers of Christ if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning I pray in terms of your Lord your Savior then you've got an, you you've got a waiting for you an identity that's going to blow your mind away if you're able if you are willing to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will take on an identity this world can never give you. It's it's the most unique identity this has ever been known to humanity and it's the most blessed and rich identity that you can ever have. So if you feel a little bit lost as to who you are, a little bit lost as to where you're going, a little bit lost as to what, what meaning you bring to this existence, then I want to reassure you this morning that those who put their trust in the Lord have an identity or a hope that the world can never give you. And I pray this morning that you get a glimpse of this, that we're encouraged together, that I'm encouraged, you're encouraged, that together we just look through these scriptures and have a bit more of an understanding of what the Lord is trying to tell us in the Lord. I pray his peace, his peace be upon you. So to start us off this morning, just some scriptures. I want to just start from John chapter 15. So you're going to If you want, I'll make reference to the verses today. Uh, You don't have to turn to them all. I'd just like you to turn to this one. But I'm I'm just going to read the verses. I'm not going to turn to the verses, but I'll I'll make reference to them if you want to write them down. Um, And if you're quick at finding them, you're welcome to quickly flick flick through your Bible and find them. But John chapter 15, it's a famous passage uh, when Jesus speaks to his disciples about his love for them. And he says something quite significant in this passage. In John 15 from verse 13, he says this, greater love, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus says it very clearly. Let me tell you what the greatest love of all is, that someone gives up his life for his friend, that he sees his friend and it's no longer about him. It's no longer about himself but rather his friend. And then then to go to the point of laying down your life for your friend, this utter selflessness, this utter act of selflessness that the world today is so weak in understanding, Because the world today is about protecting self. I've got to protect myself. I've got to protect who I am. I've got to protect what I have. I've got to protect what I want. And this is at the core of so many things that causes uh, a lot of pain in relationships, a lot of pain in communities, even pain in organisations, pain in families, because people are focused on themselves and jesus says let me tell you something let me tell you what the greatest love of all is that a man lays down his life for his friend for his friend and then he goes on to say this you are my friends if you do whatever i command you it's beautiful he says you're my friends if you do what i say because i see this as a beautiful picture of what friends do friends are faithful to one another, aren't they? Friends are faithful. I mean, tell me something. How many really close friends do you have that are consistently unfaithful to you? Do you? Do you have any very close friends that you keep as close friends? Do you consider them really close friends and you nurture them and you invest in these really close friends despite they are consistently unfaithful to you? No, it's bizarre. You don't do that. People don't do that. Friends by the very nature of them, are ought to be faithful. And Jesus says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Friends are faithful. And then he says this, no longer do I call you servants. He says, I don't call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing. There's something about a relationship between a master and his servant that's, uh, that's a little bit distant still. There's a distance there. There's a sense of, you know, I won't tell him everything. I'll just tell him what he needs to know and what he needs to do. He goes, but I'm not calling you servants anymore because what I have with you, what I'm going to give you, my laying down my life for you, is different to a servant and a master. It is now a friend. And even though, even though we still take on an attitude of a servant, because that's what Christians must do, the Bible's very clear about that, we still take on an attitude of a servant, a heart of a servant. Remember that scripture that says, and after everything that you've done, you ought to say we are unprofitable servants. We're only doing that, which is our duty. That's great. That's a fantastic attitude of a Christian. And even Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. So there is an important Uh, uh, There is an importance for Christians to actually have an attitude of service. Yet Jesus says, I want to tell you something. The relationship I have with you now is not one of master and servant any longer because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you, I'm going to disclose to you what you need to know. He goes, I don't call you that anymore, but now I call you friends. That's incredible. End of verse 15. Um, for all but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father I've made known to you you know this relationship I have with my father and the things that he tells me I'm telling you I'm going to tell you these things and I'm not going to call you servants but I'm going to call you my friends so who am I his friend who am I the friend of Jesus and I love Trying to understand this very unique relationship that we have with Jesus, our Lord and yet our friend. What a beautiful, um, what a beautiful blend of the two. And we as Christians come to understand not only what Jesus is saying here, but so many other parts of the Scripture. This whole thing about who we are in Christ. Well, I tell you this morning, and I will unpack it a little bit more soon. We are His friend. There needs to be a, a, a connection between what we claim to be, and then how we go about living. And we need to live as the friends of Jesus. We need to live as faithful friends because he declares to the world we are his friends. Can you imagine a, a, a young man who puts on his football jumper and he put, gets his football boots and he puts them on and he runs out onto the football ground carrying a basketball? What are you carrying a basketball for? I'm at, I'm ready to play basketball but you, you, you're dressed as a footballer. Oh, yeah, 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 I know, but, but I love playing basketball. That that would be odd. Hang on, you're dressed as a footballer, you're out on a football ground, you've got to be carrying a football. You know. Live the way you identify with. Live who you are. It's like an English teacher coming into class, and the English teacher goes into class ready to teach English, and she's carrying her, her drill and her saw and her hammer and nails, You know, going into, like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm here to teach English but you're not you're not doing what an English teacher does you know it's like there's a there's a disconnect between these two and so we the friends of Jesus when we understand and I, we identify we understand the identity we have in Christ we go and be faithful as the friends as the friends of the Lord and what my goal this morning if I like I want to break down I want to break down this disconnect I want to break down the disconnect between what he says and and how we live because I think sometimes there's a lack of there's a lack of clarity. There's a lack of clarity in this. You ever seen a movie where, where someone has an accident, it's tragic, they have an accident, they wake up in hospital and then someone starts to speak to them and the person who's had the accident has no memory of who they were. And they're trying to explain to the person, but you're so-and-so and your family is such-and-such and such and you work in this place and the person has absolute no memory there's just no there's just no clarity there's no clarity in in their memory around who they actually are their identity has been kind of robbed of them because in there they're struggling for clarity they're struggling for clarity and I, and I know sometimes as Christians, this is what can happen. This is, can be a real struggle to be really clear about who we are because our experiences in life try to tell us something else. People label us as something. People tell us we're something. People look at our physical condition and say you're this. People look at our mental condition and say that you're this. People look at our habits and say you're like this. And people label us and they they, they have a picture about us and this this causes confusion about our identity and we start to listen to the voices of people rather than the word of God. And maybe this morning we just need to sort of park for a moment and say, Lord, Lord, speak to me. Speak, You speak to me about who I am in Christ rather than me listen to all the other voices out there and bring again some clarity into the situation. And sometimes it's not a sense of clarity that we're struggling with, but it's a sense of belief. It's not believing who God says. And I pray this morning that when you listen to God's word, that we can break down or we can fill the gap that exists between who we are and how we live because we struggle to believe. You know, it's like sometimes when we struggle to believe, it's like a young boy or girl who is being adopted into a family, one of those wonderful beautiful experiences where someone is able to be adopted as part of a family. But they're struggling, the young boy or the young girl is struggling to, to feel like they are part of the family. It's, it's they're struggling with the belief, maybe because of what they've been told before, until the, maybe the mum or dad comes and sits next to this adopted child and says, listen, we want to tell you something. You are our child. You are no different to the rest of this family. We love you the same. And for this child, the struggle isn't about clarity, the struggle is about believing. It's about believing that what this what his new parents are telling him is actually true, that they're true to their word. And I pray this morning that if you've lacked clarity, that maybe God's word will speak to bring clarity into your life again. Or maybe this morning, if you're lacking believing that this is who you are in Christ, that the word of God may bring this belief back to you, because at the end of the day, he's been faithful to call us and make us friends. And now we must live out of this identity, we must live out of this truth and begin to really believe perhaps once again or perhaps for the first time that he is our friend, that he is both Lord and friend. And so Jesus speaks to his disciples here and he tells them something about this very, very unique relationship between Lord and and friend and he says I don't call you friends I don't call you servants anymore I call you Lord and you can imagine the life of a servant is his whole goal in life is to is to listen to the next duty or the next thing his master is telling him to do and he sort of feels a sense of obligation to have to do this you know I better do this because I'm a servant and so I better do this and this is kind of one way of living but I don't believe it's the way the Lord has called his children to live as his friend rather I see it like this I see it like a friend who is leaning, leaning on the bosom of his Lord, looking up and saying, Lord, now, my friend, what do you want me to do next? It's a very different relationship. It's not someone who's trying to tick boxes and say, I better do this because God is asking me to do it, but rather one who leans over to his friend and says, what can I do for you? Because that's what friends do. What can I do for you, Lord? What can I do for you? Because this is what a friend does. We're living out of a place of friendship. It's like a man who says, who comes up to you very excited and says, you know, guess what? I just got a new job. I'm in the king's palace serving him. I've been given the role of a servant in the king's palace. And he's very, very excited because now he can serve his king of the country. And then you turn around and say, that's fantastic. But I'm a friend of the king. I'm a friend of the king. And so I know the king's heart. I know the king's plan. I know the king's intentions. I know the, the, the king's desires. And so I live from a place of this relationship with the king as my friend. I, li- I live from this place and it's a very different place to live and it's a different, very different place to, to, to wake up in. It's a very different place to go about our life in. And it's, a, it's an identity as a friend of the Lord that changes everything in every way we think and live. Listen to this scripture. 1 John 3, one says this, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Do you hear that verse? Jesus said, I don't call you servants anymore. i call you friends. And now John's saying this, you know the manner of love? Do you know what manner of love the Father has shown us that we should be called the children of God? This is born out of nothing else but God's declaring that we are His children. This is the position, if you like, the place, if you like, the identity, if you like, that God declared out of a love for His people. Listen to this verse from um from John from John, uh, the Gospel of John chapter one verse twelve. It says this. But as many as received him, that's the Lord Jesus, as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. This is what the Father intended all along, that he was actually going to give them the right to do this because they believe. He declared them to be adopted children. He declared them to be the children of God. He declared them to be um, um, the friends of the Lord. He declared them like this. He chose us to be in this place. And so he says he gave them the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. How do you see yourself? How do you think about yourself? Are you still in a search for for an identity that perhaps is somewhere out there that you may never get, you may never reach? Are you looking to truly find who you are, but you're looking for it on all the wrong places? Because if you think if I can just be like this, then I'm going to bring meaning to my life. If I can just be like this, then I'm going to bring I'm going to bring purpose in my life. And if I, where it's like the Word of God says, "Stop. Come, understand something. You are the friend of the Lord. You are the child of the living God. You are being given the rights to be called the child of God. This is this is what." brings out of us, it should bring out of us a life that is aligned together with our identity, who we are and how we live. Now, I want to share something with you, very, very, very important, that when we understand this identity, this, this, this position that we have in Christ, by its very nature, God is saying something very significant to us. He's saying this, because you are who you are, I give you permission to go live, The way I've asked you to live. Very significant. Because listen, there are some things that you would expect Christians to do. Not because they feel just an obligation to the Lord, but because or from out of the relationship that we have with the Lord. And because God has said, you have trusted me with your life. You have given your life to me you have laid down your life for me, I have forgiven your sins, then there are going to be some things now that God opens the door and says, now I give you permission to go and do because before you were unable to do. You know, there are going to be some things that you're going to see in the lives of other people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ that you're going to hope they do certain things, but they're going to just by their very nature struggle to do. Yes, we expect people to live well and we expect people to treat each other well and, yes, we expect others to treat you well and and, and to live as as good citizens in this world. But you know what? At the end of the day, I expect an unbeliever or a non-Christian to behave in certain ways. However, the Christian, unlike that, has been given a position in Christ and now the permission to go and live life the way the Lord Jesus lived it. This is very different now. And when we understand this, we understand that we've been given this permission to do that because the spirit of God now comes to live in the life of the Christian. The spirit of God now empowers the Christian to do this so that our lives, your life, my life reflects the life of Christ. So, yes, the Christian out of his very position in Christ is going to love differently than this world, He's going to forgive differently than this world is going to go the extra mile differently to this world, turn the cheek differently to this world, just by their very nature because they are now the friends of the Lord. So sometimes, as much as you would love others to be like this, these things, these things are given to the Christian to live. They're permitted to do so. And it is our privilege to live out this way. That's why we struggle sometimes in the things of life because this is, this is wrestled between what we want to do and what we know we need to do because, this is, because what is facing in us is our nature that is always clashing with us. But we understand as the friends of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has permitted us, he's permitted us to go and do the things that he's called us to do. It's like um, um, trying to convince someone. And they're struggling to understand, really, I can do that? Yes, you can, because you're the friend of the Lord Jesus. Really, I can do that? Yes, because he gave you rights to be called the child of God. This is why you can do that. It's like a it's like a butterfly. To, to use the example of the butterfly and the, and the caterpillar again, it's like a butterfly ca- calling, ca- coming to the caterpillar and sitting down with the caterpillar and saying, listen, guess what? You don't have to live the way you're living. You're going to change. you got the capacity to change. And, and the caterpillar turned around saying, I don't believe you. Yes, it's true. You can. You're going. It's going to happen to you, in the, and the caterpillar, and starting to laugh at the butterfly, starting to laugh at the butterfly, and say, "You're kidding. Me. You're joking. Well, I can live like you. I can do what you're doing. I can, I can have wings and fly." Yes, you can. You just got to believe this is what's going to happen. And the and the caterpillar digs in his heels, his many heels, and says, "There's no way in the world. There's no way in the world." I can do, or I'm, I'm finding it hard to understand because they're struggling. It's not like trying to convince the caterpillar he's going to be a butterfly. Listen, the child of God, by their very nature, by their very existence, by their very position in Christ, has been given the permission to go and be the life and the hands and the feet of Jesus. And what we've got to do is break down the disbelief, break down the disconnect break down the lack of clarity in understanding that this is my God-given right to go and live like Jesus lived. Listen to these scriptures. Therefore, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, let's just get that right for a moment. He's in Christ. This is his identity. He's a friend of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been given con- permission to be called the child of God. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What does that mean? He's a new creation. All old things have passed away. All the old things of life, the things that perhaps bound you, haunted you, wanted you, limited you, restricted you, these things, have been dealt with behold he says all things have become new and when we come to an understanding or a faith and a belief that when the spirit of god comes into the life of a christian that they've now the child or the friend of the lord jesus christ given permission to live this way that by faith what we say to the lord is this lord you by your grace have dealt with my past and now by faith i walk as a new person in you. Now, does the past want to hang around and, and yell out and scream and tug and pull and, and tempt and try? Absolutely, this is who we are. But we remember that. But that is that is a uh, an exp- that, that's the experience of the past. And so now in Christ we become a new creation and now we begin to appropriate or experience or, or, or to take on board the newness that we have in Christ. This is faith because now our identity is not in what happened in the past. Our identity is now what is happening today in Christ. Thanks be to the Lord. How immeasurable his grace. How unattainable an understanding of his love for us, that he would do this for us? Yes. What manner of love has the Father shown to us that we would be called the children of God? Look at this verse here. Bible says in Colossians 1.13, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness, the power of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So he's taken us from a place that was very dark, and he's transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now we live in the kingdom of Jesus' love. So this is our position. This is the, the very permission that God has given us to go and, and live. And let me just finish with this. By our very nature, we are the children of God. And because of this, yes, the world may try and rob us of this, and try and tell us we're something else, and try and tell us where well, you have this ability or this disability, and therefore you're not, you're less worth worthwhile, <laughs> which is the furthest from the truth. Just because we have a certain uh, um, a, a difference about us doesn't make us any different in Christ. But if we trusted the Lord with our lives and we we're walking uh, with Him and for Him and toward Him, they're all of the same worth. And by its very nature, God um, uh, plants in this a reason to get up and live life with a purpose. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the child of the living God, after everything I've shared with you this morning, waking up and saying to themselves, what's my purpose? But but when we lack clarity, listen, or we lack belief, or we're like the caterpillar that looks at the butterfly and says, yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're going to wake up and feel like, "What's my purpose?" But when we come to an understanding that we are the children of the living God, then we get up, knowing, "Lord, there must be something." You know, by by our the very by, by our very nature, there is something. You know, like when we see sometimes um, Prince William and Kate, they go around, they go around, and they do like kind of work in in, in where there's needs around the world. And, you know, by their very nature, just who they are as people, as royalty, everything they say and do is noticed. Everything they say and do has an influence. They could say something which isn't even very profound and people, the whole media would catch it because it's them saying it. There's a wonderful similarity of the people of God who are the royalty of heaven, that when we go and we do something, say something, be something, there is an influence we have salt and light the bible calls it that we can be just by our very nature that we are the sons and daughters of god this is this is what we move into the day our our identity becoming part of how we live and what we do throughout the day we are expected to live like this and i believe when we come to understand who we are in god It demands nothing less, listen, nothing less than everything. You mean, Lord, everything I do can have an influence? Yes. So it demands nothing less than everything, my whole life. That's why it's worthy of all our lives. In fact, it's demanded that we give all our life. Listen to this verse. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own. See, so that demands everything about you because God has purchased you and now he says you are mine. That's First Corinthians 6, 19. And then finally I'll finish with this, Ephesians four twenty four. The Bible says this, and that you, me, I, us, that you put on the new man, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That now that we are the friends of Jesus, that now that he's given us the permission to go and live as Christ lived, he's asking us to do something. It's demanding everything. Go and be who you need to be. Go and be the people that Jesus wants you to be on this earth and put on, put on the very thing that was created the new man which was created according to god what is that new man true righteousness and holiness yes it's going to cost us it'll cost us our lives but we've given our lives to him and in that we understand we begin to understand more and more that he's been faithful to us to gift us grant us permit us to be the children of god then we say lord We just want to be faithful to you. We thank you for being our friend. We thank you for calling us your friends. And, Lord, I just want to lean on your chest and say, Lord, what do you have for me now to do? This is a wonderful, um, once we begin to understand and and be clearer and, more importantly, to believe, this begins to transform the way we see ourselves and the way we see life as well. And to pray for us, brothers and sisters, I pray this morning that uh, you may take away some of these scriptures uh, in your heart, that uh, you may uh, be encouraged to understand that the Lord is, um, is on your side. And if you uh, are tempted to believe otherwise, I pray that God's Spirit may remind you, not for the sake of just feeling good about yourself, but more importantly, to be able to know that this is who you are in Christ, that you may go do the things that God has called us to do. It's going to be salt and light as the children and the friends of Jesus. And pray for us. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord God, that uh, you have brought us into your kingdom, transferred us from a place of darkness into your marvellous light, a place of darkness into the wonderful love of your son. We, Lord God, don't uh, uh, seek to promote our name, We don't seek to elevate our reputation. We just want to live as the friends of Jesus and to be your hands and your feet to this world. We thank you, Lord God, that because we are in you, everything you promise us, everything you ask us to do is permissible and we're able to do it because of your goodness and your grace and the power of your spirit. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you. May you continue to strengthen us, Lord. May you continue to remind us that we walk as the children of the living God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.